Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation. On today's show we're going to talk about the whole truth that the New Zealand media wants you to know about. Your legally required census data. It's completely safe and never going to be used against you. The excess deaths in both New Zealand and Australia, they're explained away and, well, you won't believe the actual proposed solution to the problem. Meanwhile, over in the UK, they've launched a Satan balloon and Kelsey Grammer has a new movie out and he is discussing Jesus. So we're going to discuss all of those things, well, right now. Let's get into the show. Okay, just a quick reminder, because I forgot to say it. Have you subscribed yet? Do that. Rate it, review it, like the podcast, follow along, which is the same as subscribing. I just thought I'd sneak another one in there. All right, where to start today? Where should we start? Shall we start the show with Satan and end with end with Jesus and have the other stories in between? I think that's probably a good idea. So the Satan balloon. Had you heard about it? Probably haven't. It doesn't seem to be widely discussed. So, from MIT, the Technology Review. Researchers launched a solar geoengineering test flight in the UK last fall. Now, this is by James Temple. Just came out a couple of days ago, March 1st, 2023. And James Temple. Some really great last names out there, isn't there? You know I'm, I'm a fan of, of a good, solid last name. So, Mr. Temple, he says, Last September, researchers in the UK launched a high-altitude weather balloon that released a few hundred grams of sulphur dioxide into the stratosphere, a potential scientific first in the solar geoengineering field. MIT Technology Review has learned. Now, the reason it's called a Satan balloon is because they decided to name it the Stratospheric Aerosol Transport and Nucleation, or S-A-T-A-N, Satan balloon and this balloon was made from stock and hobbyist components with hardware costs that ran less than one thousand dollars now satan balloon a little bit on the nose isn't it i'm assuming here that because they released uh, sulfur dioxide that that's why they went with that name they thought it was funny i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt sulfur dioxide hell i think we can see the relationship there as why as why they went with that acronym Probably went with the acronym first and then added the words in to, to make it seem like it fit. That's just my theory. Could be wrong. And hey, maybe it was an AI-invented name. Hey, ChatGPT, give, give us a funny, slightly demonic name for our balloon that we want to change the weather with. So it says here, the UK effort was not a test of or experiment in geoengineering itself. Rather, the stated goal was to evaluate a low-cost, controllable, recoverable balloon system and there's just so many balloons these days so many stories about balloons it really does get you speculating on what was happening with those balloons in the u.s with all of these other balloon stories that are just popping up you like that little play on words no i'll move on 
They say such a system could be used for small-scale geoengineering research efforts, or perhaps, yeah, definitely research, or perhaps for an eventual distributed geoengineering deployment involving numerous balloons, a fleet of balloons. I'm telling you, my idea of, you know, a month or so ago when I said they just need to put balloons in the air of funny characters, whatever the thing is of the time, you know, whether that's Game of Thrones or a cartoon character, in the old days would have been Bart Simpson. I don't don't know what the kids are watching these days. Some sort of rainbow gendery character up there with a pro-choice sign or something. Now, Andrew Lockley, an independent researcher previously affiliated with University College of London, led the effort last fall working with European Astrotech, a company that does engineering and design work for high-altitude balloons and space propulsion systems. They submitted a paper detailing the results of the effort to a journal but that has not yet been published. And it looks like this guy has largely declined to discuss the matter ahead of publication. Although he did express frustration that the scientific process was being circum- uh, circumvented. Quote, Leakers be damned, he wrote in an email to MIT Technology Review. I've tried to follow the straight and narrow path. It's very biblical of you, Mr. Lockley. Uh, and wait for the judgment day of peer review. This is very biblical of you, Mr. Lockley, but it appears a colleague has been led astray by diabolical temptation. Like Judas? You could you didn't, didn't add the Judas thing in there. Could have added Judas in there, really driven that point home. Hmm. It, it does start to feel a little bit like it's um, mocking God when they've called it Satan and he's using that type of language in a quote or in an email to MIT. It goes on too, quote, there's a special place in hell for those who leak their colleagues' work. Tormented by ever-burning sulphur, he added. He's definitely taking the piss. Quote, but I have taken a vow of a vow of silence and can only confirm that our craft ascended to the heavens as intended. This guy, wow. I only hope that this test plays a small part in offering mankind salvation from the hellish inferno of climate change. He would be probably having a great laugh at this email but uh, certainly feels like mockery to me now the test flight it was well the system included a lofting balloon filled with helium or hydrogen which carried along a basketball sized payload balloon that contained some amount of sulfur dioxide an earlier flight in october 2021 likely also released a trace amount of the gas in the stratosphere although that could not be confirmed and the system was not recovered owing to a problem with onboard instruments. Now, their second flight in September of last year, 2022, the smaller payload balloon burst about 15 miles above Earth as it expanded and released around 400 grams of the gas into the the stratosphere. Both balloons were released from a launch site in Buckinghamshire in southeast England. Then they go on into the whole Make Sunsets company again, which every single article, no matter where you read, seems to talk about Make Sunsets. Of course, not many people seem to go into the actual history a lot of this the decades long history of this type of thing although some guy named keith says uh in some deep sense while it's much more thought out uh, it's much more thought out much less cowboy than make sunsets and who is this guy david keith oh he's a harvard scientist it's not just some guy called keith i'll give him his his due they asked they did ask i'm still going to call him keith though they asked keith when asked if being provocative might have been a partial goal of the effort he said, you don't call something Satan if you're playing it straight. Anyway, I'll leave that right there. Just wanted to get the news out. There was a balloon released in the UK. They called it Satan. And they seem to be 
trying to ruffle a few feathers, get a bit of attention, and particularly in that email, with all that biblical language, having a right jolly old laugh, I'm sure. Anyway, look, we'll end this episode later on with a story about Jesus, so we'll um, balance all this out. Next up, the whole truth. The whole truth is back. It's from stuff.co.nz, New Zealand's, one of New Zealand's major news outlets, their paper being the Dominion. But the whole truth, that's their segment where they give you the whole truth. They debunk everything, and you must believe them 100%. So the whole truth, what really happens to your census data? Yes, New Zealand census day is upon us, people. And we're all legally required to fill it in, otherwise you can face fines. Uh, thousands and thousands of dollars of fines for an individual, I'm led to believe. I'm not sure if there's further punishments after that. I, I have no idea. But it's one of those things where the census comes around every... I'm sure it used to be every 10 years. Now it seems to be every 5 years. And they say here, in theory, the census counts every person in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Oh, that's interesting because that country doesn't exist. It's not actually a, an official name, is it? Have they changed that now? Is that New Zealand's official name? Hmm, strange. But anyway, back to this article. Uh, they want to know everything about you in the census. I'm not sure. I'm, you must. So you, wherever you're listening to this, you must have this in your country. Surely is this a worldwide phenomenon? Is it just in Western countries? Let me know because I don't actually know. But of course the government wants to know all of our personal details, including a huge list of personal pronouns that you get to choose from. Whereas all of this should be the other way around. We should know everything about the government and who's working in it. They shouldn't know much about us. Now, when it, of course, the excuse is, well, well, you'll hear the excuses. I'll read you some of the excuses for the census and why they, they absolutely need it. So, Census Day. Well, it's tomorrow. See, Tuesday, March the 7th. The data is used by national and local government agencies, along with Iwi, which is the Māori tribes. I guess they get access to their people's data. I don't know. Same with community groups. Anyway, the data is used by national and local government agencies along with iwi community groups, businesses and researchers to better understand populations and plan and, f- and, plan and fund services and infrastructure. But, and this is where those dang conspiracy theorists come in again, there are concerns. Disinformation is threatening the integrity of the process and as a result, the data collected. And if the data is misrepresentative, that's bad news for all of us but particularly minority groups. Ah, racism. You're a racist if you don't do this. It's really what's implied here, isn't it? It's also worth noting that the Data and Statistics Act 2022 requires everyone in the country to participate in the census. Ah, the threat. There you go. If you don't participate, or you provide false or incomplete information, you can be fined. But don't worry, guys, because the Disinformation Project, it's onto it too. They're, They're watching out. They're keeping an eye on this sort of nonsense. Disinformation Project researcher Dr. Sanya Hatutua 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 has been keeping tabs on the quote mobilization of networks targeting democratic processes, including the upcoming census. Have you noticed how the democracy term is almost, is almost something that's worshipped by? Well, leftists, progressives, and people like that. It's this strange... It's held up in very high regards, democracy. Or they use that as an excuse when they want to push in something draconian. It's democracy! Don't worry about it, it's democracy. Of course, then there's the tyranny of the majority, which is democracy as well. If everybody wants it, we shall do it. 
but not everybody wants it. Only 51% want Oh, too bad. Doesn't matter. Anyway, they say here, just months after the anti-vaccine occupation and protests at Parliament in 2022, the uh, he warned, this is that Dr. Sanya fellow, he warned growing anti-government sentiment posed a risk to the trust and confidence in the 2023 census. So over a year ago, they were warning that the census is in trouble because of the anti-jab people and the protests at Parliament. They're always bringing it back, just like January 6th in the US. The US media is always going to bring it back to that. This is what New Zealand does for the protests that happened here in Parliament. That went for weeks, by the way. So, fueled by conspiracy theories, groups are sharing instructions on how to inv- uh, invalidate or ignore the forms. Quote, the real problem is that it's targeting the census as an exercise and integral and integral to democracy in New Zealand, including the formation of policies that reflect the population's constitution, location, identity, needs and aspirations, Hatatua says. Henceforth, it's going to be marred increasingly. And all of this comes as Stats New Zealand is apparently under pressure to improve response rates. So I would say there's going to be a bit of a heavy-handed approach to this if people aren't filling it in. In 2018, it says that the census response rates generally and for Māori and Pacific people in particular were unacceptably low, Stats NZ admitted. They were also low in some rural areas. Isn't that funny that it predominantly affects, they, they tell you you've got to fill this in because it's going to predominantly affect minority people and then they say that in 2018 Māori and Pacific people was unacceptably low their responses rate. So are they, so are they blaming Māori and Pacific people that if you don't fill this in it's actually affecting minority groups in this country which Māori and Pacific people are. It says many of the poorly counted communities are among the most deprived in the country. If they're undercounted their needs might be underestimated during relevant decision making processes. An understanding of population dynamics helps the government distribute funds in a fair way across welfare, education, healthcare, and so on. Um, but don't worry, they say here that also some of the concerns are that the, the data safety online is a problem because they encourage people to do it online in 2018. And then they say, don't worry, it's all protected by legislation and safeguards and you know people have to sign non-disclosure agreements and that kind of thing. It's very strict you know, and you, you form, if you fill it in in a paper form and send it in, they're scanned in and then the physical copies are destroyed. That data is still now digital. And they, they make sure that you know that the answers you give are confidential to Statistics New Zealand and no other government department or agency has the power to use information that could identify you. In short, the information you share can't be used against you in any way. Oh, okay, I'll trust you. You are named the whole truth after all this whole segment is called the whole truth so we definitely have to believe that your data can never be used against you in any way and as we go into that system of well more digitization and the internet of things data is king they just want you to freely give your data up it's probably more to line up with what they already have collected to fill in any blanks and that that sort of thing anyway there you go new zealand census yay fun times Now, staying in New Zealand, actually, and New Zealand and Australia, you probably saw this news that New Zealand recorded the biggest increase in registered deaths in 100 years. And this is out of the New Zealand Herald. I won't read the article, but I will just say, Mr. Michael Baker, he's back. The Otago epidemiologist, you know, the guy with the big, thick, black-rimmed glasses, that that fellow. 
He's back. I don't know where Susie Wiles is. Susie Wiles or Susie Wilde? can't remember her last name. Anyway, the flamboyant-looking, pink-haired uh, lady. And she was the um, a lot of the face of our media response, anyway, during the lockdowns and whatnot. But anyway, Mr Michael Baker said, unlike other OECD countries, New Zealand had not recorded any excess mortality over the initial years of the pandemic. However, as the virus spread more widely in New Zealand in 2022 with the arrival of Omicron, uh, Voldemort virus deaths increased. Of course, I'm just going to add the Voldemort. I can't stop saying Voldemort virus now. It's ingrained in the old noggin. Um, With just under 2,400 fatalities attributed to the virus last year. And he says the two benefits of the elimination strategy were very few New Zealanders got infected in the first two years of the pandemic, and that meant excess mortality went way negative. Yeah, but then they got their medicines. They don't seem to discuss that in the the article, of course. Quote, the measures were so effective at stopping circulating viruses, we avoided the excess winter deaths from flu and other respiratory infections. Yeah, until you open the border again. You shut everybody in, the border was open, which people were warning about beforehand, and then particularly kids and and the elderly got hammered by the flu and RSV, which is that respiratory uh, shinshikle virus, I believe is how you pronounce it. Then another benefit of New Zealand's, quote, elimination strategy was that it allowed officials and community groups time to increase the country's medicine coverage, I refuse to call it the V word, Quote, it meant when the virus did circulate last year very widely, it caused far fewer deaths than it would have if it had circulated early. We have spared our population the really high mortality seen in most countries that had, that had widespread circulation. Of course, we are seeing excess mortality last year. The virus infected the majority of New Zealanders and it did result in death in one in a thousand people. Based on reported numbers, that's given us our excess mortality. The article then goes on to say, in a normal year, there are relatively small fluctuations in the number of deaths per 1,000 people in any given age group. And then they say, well, we've got an ageing population, most of the excess, 53%, were in aged 80 years and older. So you can see already how this is going to be justified. Would have been worse if we didn't have the medicine. Hey, um, could it have been the medicine? Can we question that? Can we ask those questions? Has it helped at all, or could it have been the cause? I don't know, just asking questions. And over to Australia, the same thing. Australia recorded 20,000 more deaths than expected last year. And this is why, and they they kind of, this is from SBS News, they kind of go on to say the same sort of thing. They really go into detail explaining what is excess mortality, how do we calculate it, and then is the Voldemort virus to blame? Okay, so Miss Cutter... Cutter. Sounds like an Indian city. Karen Cutter. Oh, Karen Cutter. That's a good name. She's a spokesperson for a particular group. I think it's the Mortality Working Group. Mortality Working Group. Hmm. Anyway, we were predicting that there would be 172,000 deaths in 2022, but there were actually 192,000. The Voldemort virus was the underlying cause of death for 10,300 of the additional 20,000 fatalities, Around another 15% of the deaths were people who had the Voldemort virus at the time of death or for whom the virus was a contributing cause of their deaths but not the primary cause. She said around a third of the 20,000 deaths had no Voldemort virus recorded on the death certificate so that would be what around 6,500 people 
it does say here, while most of the excess deaths were in older age groups, excess mortality was a significant percentage in all age groups in 2022. Then they say the Voldemort virus impact extends beyond deaths and the long-term health problems. Of course, I didn't notice any of this sort of thing happening in New Zealand until the rollout of a, of a particular substance. And people didn't seem to be getting sick until a rollout of a particular substance. Now, could, have that, could that have been the border opening? Maybe. But could it have been something else that I'm implying? But what is unbelievable in this article is what can we do to prevent excess deaths? Mr. Easterman, he has, he has an idea. He's the Chair of Biostatistics and Epidemiology at the University of South Australia. The best way to prevent future excess deaths is by making sure the community, particularly the elderly and vulnerable, are protected from the Voldemort virus. Which is the thing from the very beginning of 2020 that certain experts, the ones a lot of us ended up following because they were being open and honest about the whole thing, said you need to protect the vulnerable vulnerable and the elderly and not shut down society. But now we'll, we'll do that now after three years. Quote, a lot of elderly people are still wandering around without face masks. How dare they show their faces, their old wrinkled faces. Disgusting. I'm kidding. I love you, Grandma. Uh, there has to be a huge push by the government to persuade elderly people to protect themselves when they go out and wear a good quality face mask and wear it properly. He said, don't breathe in air. We don't need to be breathing in air. You need to cover that face hole up. That's my words, not his. I don't mean to blend the two, but there you go. It's what I do. Quote, the second thing is, it's absolutely crucial that they're totally up to date with their medicines. And the final thing is antivirals, but at the moment it's very difficult to get antivirals. He also said, clearer information was needed to protect the elderly community. Quote, we need much better information for elderly people in simple language. Are you calling the elderly stupid? Hmm, seems a little bit offensive. Anyway, simple language, explaining what to do in every situation. Oh, every situation. Okay, when you leave your house, you put your key in your door, you lock it, you walk down the stairs. We hope you're getting some sort of taxi or Uber service because we don't want you on the roads. Um, you get into that. What you do is you you pay with money to use these services and you go to whatever appointment that you have. It might be a haircut. When you have a haircut, you sit in a chair and someone uses scissors. You know, this could be a job for somebody. This is just another job opening in the government for somebody. Simple language experts. They can be a group. They can tell us all how to live our lives perfectly in very plain and simple language. And eventually it will just be zeros and ones because everyone will have a little brain chip in them and they'll just be turned into robots. He also mentions here though that, quote, we are still in the intense stages of the pandemic. It's just that no one is recognising it. I think everyone's just sick of it, quite frankly, Mr Easterman. Miss Cutter, she's back, Karen Cutter. Will we keep seeing such high mortality rates? Quote, I think we will continue to see higher mortality than we would have had prior to the pandemic because we do have a new cause of death that people are dying from but look i think most people are just ignoring this and most people haven't even heard of the excess deaths in australia and new zealand it seems and then when they do hear about it of course the spin is oh yeah it was just the it was the Voldemort virus not anything else but look let's finish on a positive because there's a new movie out it's about jesus 
actually features one of the actors from The Chosen, if you haven't seen The Chosen. Um, the actor in this movie, actually, it's called Jesus Revolution. And the, one of the actors in it is the actor who plays Jesus in The Chosen. And I know there seems to be a lot of Christians that have a problem with The Chosen and certain people that have helped create it, possibly where the money has come from to fund it, although it is the largest crowdfunded show ever, as far as I know. Um, and I've watched season one, two, and three. Season three, not as good as season one and two, but look, I've really enjoyed it. There's a lot of good biblical stuff in there, and yes, they're taking artistic license with it, but it's bringing a lot of people to God, a lot of people to Jesus, and that can only be a good thing. So anyway, this movie, Jesus Re- Revolution, uh, stars Kelsey Grammer, and an article here says from the dailymail.com, I found great peace in Jesus, Kelsey Grammer says, of course, the star of Frasier and, you know, very, I'm sure you know who he is, uh, says he won't apologize for his faith as he discusses his religion in wake of his latest film. Now, this film was seen by uh, 15 million people in the US in the opening opening weekend, which was something like triple of what was estimated. And I think it kind of surprised a lot of people that it did those types of numbers. I haven't seen it, but I'm interested to see it. It's a pretty basic sentence. Hey, I could be a simple language expert. Anyway, Kelsey. So, so um, Kelsey Grammer, he said he won't apologize for his faith. The actor, 68, reflected on how his faith and Jesus have helped him through the tragic times in his life. In a recent interview with USA Today, Kelsey said, I've had hiccups, I've had some tragic times, I've wrestled with those and worked my way through them. Sometimes rejecting faith, sometimes rejecting God even, in a period of being pretty angry about it. Where were you? That kind of thing. But I have come to terms with it and have found great peace in my faith and in Jesus. It's not cavalier. Jesus made a difference in my life. That's not anything I'll apologize for. Okay, when I said 15 million, I mean, it did a fifth, not 15 million people, obviously. 15 million dollars in its opening weekend. 15 million people is, it's a lot of people. It's too much people actually, for an opening weekend. I mean, I don't think they have the theatre space in the US for 15 million people on an opening weekend for small theatres, anyway. That's what I'm talking about. Well, they probably do. Look, I don't know. These are big numbers I'm talking about. It's $15 million. Let's make that clear. It defied expectation, even though it was described as bland and a slog by some reviewers. <laughs> Who are these reviewers? The movie has proved a hit with American audiences with a UK release date yet to be announced. So there you go. That's lovely to see because there's a lot of these actors recently. There's definitely something happening. A lot of these actors have been coming out recently and defending Christianity, defending Christ, and just talking about it openly, like Kelsey Grammer here. I remember seeing, what's his name, uh, Matthew McConaughey on Joe Rogan doing the same thing. And, of course, the likes of uh, Mel Gibson, which I've talked about recently on here as well. And Eminem, last episode, rapping about God. And as I've mentioned before, a lot of people seem to have come back to Christianity or come to Christianity over the last three years during the whole lockdown stuff and because of shows like The Chosen. So despite all the drama and tyranny in the world, there seems to be some very, very good things happening. And I think that's a perfect place to end this episode. So thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast commentary, comedy and conversation. Remember, subscribe if you haven't and I will talk to you again in 
the next one. Bye. <laughs> 